Hello, this is Laura Camacho, and I'm the Culture Fixer at Nixonian Institute. And welcome to episode 110 of the Speak Up podcast. And this is where we talk about the conversations you need to have to reach your goals and to grow in your career. And today is Monday after the schools in South Carolina have been closed for two weeks. I think schools are closed all over the country. I've been coaching most of the day, and it's so funny because a lot of time, a lot of usually the people I coach are pretty dressed up because they tend to be, you know, senior director up to vice president, CFO. And today everybody's working from home and everybody is casual. And I just find this amusing. So not only are we in this unprecedented health crisis situation, I hate to use the word crisis, but it really is, even though it it doesn't seem to be as severe as some other health crises we've had before. But listen to this. So today on Monday at nine o'clock this morning, three Brazilian guys show up at our house for a bathroom remodeling that we have actually been trying to get done since August. We had it scheduled for September, and right when it was scheduled, we had a hurricane, and then the contractors got busy with bigger post-hurricane projects, and then, you know, Christmas and all that, and just getting our act together. So we finally had it scheduled for March 16th, I mean, this, this is going to be all week. And, of course, the um, re- the bathroom that's being remodeled is about four feet from my office. And my brain has been distracted not only from the noise they make, but they speak Portuguese. And, wh- and that is a language I don't know. I understand Spanish. I, know, I speak fluent Spanish. Decent French, some German, some Italian. But Portuguese, I really only catch you know, a word here and there. And instead of being like a rational person and just tuning it out while, it, and I am able to tune, tune them out while I'm coaching because I'm so focused on the other person. But when I'm trying to write something or answer email, part of my brain is just trying so hard to understand what they're saying. So anyway, it's a crazy day today. And I calling this episode culture calm and crisis and i want the purpose of this is really uh, to show you how as the leader give you some ideas or at least some encouragement on supporting your team or your clients while we get through this and the first i have three points of course leveraging the rule of three and the first one is the power of calm now i started to call it confidence because I work a lot with confidence in people but right now what we need is calm. Calm is an indicator of positive positive emotional health and it's some it's something that you can control. I mean right now there are so many things beyond our control but you have control over your thoughts. You are the CEO of your own brain and and calmness is a spectrum. It's not binary choice. So if you're feeling very anxious, you can choose to be a little bit less anxious and move yourself down the spectrum. And if you're feeling pretty calm, you can maybe try to be even more calm because as we're seeing this, you know, the shortage of toilet paper and the ransacking it looks like of the grocery stores is pure evidence of 
how contagious emotions are and how we just need calm voices of reason. And we as leaders, we it's up to us uh, to do this. You know, that, and if you've been around a while, you know that this kind of, these things just happen, even though this particular crisis is completely unprecedented. Uh, but so was 9-11. Uh, so in the economic uh, collapse in 2008, that it had happened before, but the last time it had happened was what, in 1929? Then we had the swine flu in 2009. Uh, when I lived in eastern North Carolina, when I was teaching at East Carolina University, one year we had not one, but two hurricanes back to back that led to this massive flooding and classes were suspended for three weeks that was certainly unprecedented and uh, you know it's just part of life so really what you want to encourage people to do and I'm really coaching you to coach your team is to focus on the things uh, under under con under your control because letting your mind spin out into panic or anxiety is is not only not helping it it is actually making it worse and and there are actually health ramifications to uh, anxiety. And I, I have to admit, I have an advantage because I lived in a very chaotic country for 10 years. Uh, that was Venezuela. It was, not as, it was not as crazy then as it is now. But, I mean, it, I, food shortages, I mean, we had that all the time. It, it was it wasn't all foods at the same time. I mean, toilet paper shortage, that's for amateurs. In Venezuela, we had shortages of coffee, eggs, flour, meat or chicken, you name it. Um, there was, you know, it was not uncommon at all to have a food shortage of one or several items. And nobody ever knew when it was going to end. And, you know, as a young, newlywed person coming from the United States right after getting my MBA, I had a hard time with that. I so I was not calm about it. I can tell you, I was very upset. And then also in Caracas, I mean, the day-to-day -day was so stressful. You know, you had um, a high level of crime. And at one time I experienced a national curfew where everybody had to be off the streets by I think it was 8 p.m. or maybe it was 7 p.m. I mean nobody was out that was really weird so uh, this is not going to be the last uh, crisis and then there's another aspect to this um, and it has to do with the news and remember I used to teach news writing at East Carolina years ago and the news is not information it's entertainment that has some informational component to it, but the news is crafted carefully with one purpose, and that is to keep people watching. And the number one way to keep people watching or listening is to create fear and anxiety because more fear means bigger audience, which means higher ratings, which means more money for every advertising dollar. So really, you want to limit your news viewing. You are not going to die if you don't know the day-to-day, -day, the minute-to-minute. -minute. You can check it in the morning, check it in the afternoon. I had a friend who, when I lived in North Carolina and was a, in my single mom days, no television, and she would always check on me when there was some kind of 
um, hurricane warning or something that she thought I needed to know because she knew that I was not tuned into the news at all. And I survived. So if, you, if you're, for every hour you spend watching the television news, if that's your thing, I suggest you spend another hour recuperating from that by uh, praying or meditating or listening to some positive message, just like this one. You've heard me say you're seeing it with your very eyes that emotions are contagious. What we're seeing is a collective frenzy of panic that's really not proportional to the actual size of the crisis. So as of this moment, as far as I know, like 60 some odd people have died in the United States. And since October, just like what, less than six months, I mean, 12,000 people, more than 12,000 people have died of the flu. Um, so even if this, the COVID fatalities grows by 10x, that's going to be 600. 100x would make it 6,000. We're in a country of 330 billion people. So relative to the size of this compared to the Spanish influenza, you know, 100 years ago or other health crises that we've had, it's really not as serious as far as fatalities are concerned you, you can yeah you can discuss that but let's think let's really hone in on what's in our control what are we going to do to not only get through this but to get through this flourishing so the the one thing you can do is to stay calm so that you help other people stay calm and if those of you and a lot of you are leading remote teams you know, and I was just talking to someone in New York who, we, you know, everybody in his office is now working from home. So now he's, he doesn't usually lead a remote team, but now he is. So if your situation is like that, you really want to do personal check-ins with your people to make sure they're doing okay. As he said, I want to make sure that you eat lunch and that you do not work yourself to death because highly conscientious people will actually do that when they don't have the structure of the, you know, lunchtime and and visibility in an office setting, uh, conscientious people are capable of literally working themselves to a frenzy. So you don't want that. So be calm. If you are working from home and you're not used to it and you have your kids home, you definitely need to get help. You need to outsource some care for your family. I'm sure you know that. I'm going to go over some ways to help you become more calm. You can Google this. You probably know these. These are None of these are particularly, you know, earth shattering. But just to remind you to, that being calm is a goal, okay? Uh, what helps you to be calm? Getting exercise. Of course, some of the gyms are already closing here in Charleston. My gym was open. I was able to do a spin class this morning, but the instructor warned us that, you know, she wasn't sure how long the gym would stay open. So you can always go for a walk. You can always do a plank. I have this, uh, I have a bunch of these rubber bands that you can stretch. If you want one, I'll, I'll, if you email me with your address, I'll send it to you for free. Uh, stretch, stretching, because, you know, we tend to collect tension in our upper uh, chest, you know, between our shoulders and front. Um, breathe in slowly. Uh, you can do a brain dump, you know, write down in your journal if you like to write. You could drink herbal tea, play classical music, 
uh, work on speaking more slowly, which by the way, you know, I don't know if you've listened to the Speak Up podcast before, but I am making an effort to speak more slowly, to calm myself and you guys listening, even though you're maybe listening, but my, some people may be listening to this and wondering what crisis, what is that thing that happened two years ago? But anyway, also pausing, but these are things to keep in mind, you know, to keep calm under any circumstances. So just realize that when you are more calm, you are not only working better, but you're thinking more creative, you're thinking more critically, and you're more resistant to any disease. So in, if you're worried about the health crisis, then you, for health reasons, then you need to calm down for your own health sake. All right, number two. So number one is be calm. Number two, it's number two is be. That's time for anti-fragility. So I, I, a few weeks or a couple months ago, episode ninety-five of the Speak Up podcast is all about the anti-fragile uh, mentality or mindset. And remember, anti-fragility was developed by the mathematician. Nassim Nicholas Taleb in a book he wrote called Anti-Fragility. And to be anti-fragile means you become stronger after a shock. It's not about just surviving, but getting stronger. So that is not something that's so easy to implement, not at all. But it is some, it's a really good thing to think about. And I suggest those of you who are leading teams to... Have a discussion about that. Maybe, maybe even like have a, a happy hour, a remote happy hour. A lot of people I'm talking to today are planning or have had virtual happy hours. And this is a, you know, how can we become better as a result of this crisis? And here's some things uh, you can, you know, ponder. This is just uh, feeding your brain some ideas. Uh, you could brainstorm with your team ideas on working better remotely, especially if that's not your normal way of working. You, uh, how, how do the people, how would your team members like you to support them better? How can you practice better self-care? Uh, you could also come up with a plan for the next crisis based on this one. It's not impossible. I think we might see more of these uh, flus or viruses but I think uh, we're going to develop a, a reaction plan where we lock down everything immediately and, it, and we recover a lot faster. Um, a, a friend of mine pointed out that what we're, what we're going through right now kind of feels like preparing for a hurricane and that you know it's going to hit, but you don't know exactly when and you don't know exactly what the impact's going to be. But back to uh, the anti-fragility mindset, I mean, there are benefits to any crisis. Um, a friend of mine on LinkedIn, his name is Ritish Pais. He's uh, in the foreign exchange business up in Canada. He's, he pointed out that your isolation, your self-isolation can be reframed into time for personal study and reflection. And if you have kids, you may not get too much reflection in, but you can actually have some more time with them. You know, they grow up so dang fast. You can use this a crisis as an impetus to be more frugal, to save money. Saving money is a great way to reduce stress when you have money in the bank. Uh, you can use the disruption of your normal meetings to make the meetings that you are having more productive, i.e. shorter. 
Um, of course, I just mentioned spending time with your children, making your family stronger, creating some memories. Think about, you know, what are things that you're, what are, who are people or groups of people or other companies or other groups inside your company you could partner with in order to add value. Think about things that you could stop doing. Um, and I'll tell you, okay, so like what's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? Um, <laughs> what am I doing with this crisis? I am trying, despite my bathroom remodel, to focus on getting writing my book book. Now, does it, I just published my first workbook, which is so exciting. But the workbook is really an extract from this book I'm reading, writing. It's called Cultured. And it's about company cultures, and it's about creating a space where everyone feels heard, understood, and valued, and the communication skills that make that happen. So I'm focusing on that. I've been scheduling interviews because apart from the communication side and my personal experience with different cultures, I'm including uh, several descriptions of interesting company cultures from a group of veterinarian hospitals, a digital marketing agency, uh, a coaching slash branding company. I mean, very cool companies that I'm interviewing. So I'm I even I'm even interviewing a woman who's an officer in the Marine Corps about her culture. So that's exciting. And having several gigs workshops canceled. Thank you. Or they're not. They weren't canceled. They were postponed. But when something doesn't have a new date, you're not really sure it's going to happen. Uh, so anyway, so I, since, since I had a lot of time free up recently because of these workshops being canceled, I've been scheduling more cultured interviews. And even I was, I um, one thing I do sometimes is I'll write down just like a brainstorm with myself and I'll just force myself to write down 10 ideas. And, and I was working on that this morning and I came up with a new coaching model as far as um, coaching in very small groups to help for some clients to lower the cost while keeping everything top tier. I'm going to take my mom to lunch uh, this week and, and I'm writing down my little brainstorms. I've got lots of little ideas. I'm not going to read them all to you, but and, and they're mostly not very good. In fact, some of them are really terrible, but you know, every once in a while, I do come up with a really good idea. And um, cooking, you have, might have more time to cook, try some new recipes, uh, teach your family how to cook. So keep this in mind as far this, you know, this whole section is about anti-fragility. Your brain is going to answer any question you ask it. So if you ask yourself, you know, like, why am I so, I don't know, why do I procrastinate? so much, your brain will give you a bunch of reasons why you do that. And if you ask yourself, how can I get better at my job, at my craft, at adding value through this crisis, the answer may not come immediately, but you will definitely get something. So think about asking your that question or at discussing that with your team. So that's number two. So number one, be calm. Number two, think anti-fragile or anti-fragility. And then number three, I'm just going over a few aspects of structured communication with remote teams because basically everybody is working remote. 
Some people are used to it. Some people are not. The number one thing you need to get with communicating with your remote team is that you need more structure because you don't see people and you may not even be seeing their body language. Although I do highly recommend video over audio conference calls. So get set up Zoom, set up GoToMeeting, set up even Google Hangouts is free. You want to have the video. Even if you don't have to be camera ready, you just have to be ready. Uh, and a couple of ways you can add that structure, like with every meeting, you can tell everybody involved to share, you know, how they're dealing with the situation. You could schedule personal check-ins with, uh, on top of, or to replace your official one-on-ones just to really make sure people are not feeling too isolated or too stressed out. Remember, people are going to be following your example. You can simplify your emails make them more uh, concise, use more white space, multiple choice answers. Uh, you can structure the use of each of your channels. Like one of the ideas in my uh, brain dump, brainstorming session was to create a cultured Slack channel. But then I'm like, well, like, well, what would I do with that? I don't know. So that's um, may not come with that. But I know a lot of you use Slack. Like, are you clear on what kind of messages need to go on each channel you know something to think about and so th th that's all I'm going to say about structuring communication I know a lot of you know are, are expert at leading remote teams but do keep in mind that during a crisis people are more emotionally distraught and taking care of the emotional part will help them work better will help them stay healthier. Plus, it's the right thing to do, right? I mean, I'm not just being like a mercenary. I mean, checking in with people, but you're not seeing them. So you need to be more intentional about sussing out how they're really doing in, uh, inside their heads. All right, so that is those are the three things for calm, culture, calm, and crisis. Be calm. Be anti-fragile and structure your communication. And just remember that conversations reflect the state of health of your culture. And, and even though you're not seeing everybody, and you're maybe you're not seeing anybody, that culture goes with you. You are a carrier of your culture. And the conversations that you're having reflect that culture and they build it and or break it. So really, this is such a great opportunity to evaluate how you're communicating, evaluate your anti-fragility, evaluate the emotional health of yourself and the people you're working with, and uh, we're going to get through this. So thank you for listening. I hope you will stay calm, be anti-fragile, and have great structured communication with your team. And I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye-bye.